Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hey, I'm Kelly. I'm Elena. I'm Gabe. Uh, So welcome back. Uh, Big news uh, took place last week after we got done with uh, last week's show. Uh, We were talking about what was going to happen with the U.S. Senate and their effort to uh, destroy Obamacare. Uh, So very late into the night, two in the morning, uh, the bill came to the floor uh, and got voted down. Hooray. Huzzah. Yes. (laughs) I guess. I mean... Yes, it is good, but now, like, what what happens now? They're just gonna let it. Fa- I mean, Aye. Blue Cross Blue Shield has said that they're gonna like double premiums in South Carolina, so that's fun. Right. Well, you know, many people uh, have have uh, expressed the notion that I, I do think uh, we should we should reinforce that this wasn't like the end victory. Absolutely not. Um, so now is really the point to actually start increasing contacts into members of Congress, especially the U.S. Senate, and say, you know, listen, uh, thank you for, you know, if, if they voted correctly, thank you for voting the bill down, or uh, for Rob Portman, who voted for this thing, hmm. um, you know, how could you? Uh, hmm. And then really explain what access to affordable health coverage means to each of us. Yeah, now we got to work on fixing the bill. I mean, it was by no means perfect, but like getting rid of it would have been way worse. And now they're just like, well, I don't, I don't want to fix it. I don't want to make it better. So, right. It's gonna, we got to see what happens now. Yeah. So the the bill that got shot down last week, uh, people were referring to skinny repeal because mm. it was just an eight page bill. Apparently, it was very simple. Uh, Senate Democrats only got it a couple hours beforehand, which in in the Ohio State House would be normal. Uh, in the U.S. Senate, that's very abnormal to to hand somebody a piece of legislation and say, "Well, you're voting on this in two hours." That's not how it works in Congress, um, and and that sort of trickery was pretty much, you know, last week we talked about John McCain's big speech that he gave, and I said that I thought half of the speech was good. Well, that was <laughs> that was the good half of the speech. He was saying we can't keep doing these sort of backstabbing, you know, political tactics. We need to actually be working together. Uh, and, and handing over a piece of legislation and saying, well, we're going to vote on this really soon. Hope you read it. It's that's, not really working together. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We need some transparency, especially in this administration. Yeah. McConnell was so sad, <laughs> and I love it. Uh, yes. He says we're going to move on, but we'll see. Right. Um, John McCain got a ton of credit for casting, you know. The final no vote. It, it, it wasn't even the final no uh, vote, I don't the, think. It was just the most publicized. Yeah. Go figure. It, you know, he, he did, like... He, skipped voting in because they were calling the role alphabetically. Uh, and he was off in a side room where apparently Mike Pence was promising pretty much anything in the world. What do you promise to a dead man? <laughs> that, that's a very good question. I mean, you know, he's, he's got this newly diagnosed uh, brain tumor. He's almost certainly not going to run for the U.S. Senate again. Um, and, and what I was saying before is he's been in the Senate so long and been in the majority for so long that if he ever wanted something, some piece of pork for the state of Arizona, 
you he know. could have had it forever ago. Yeah, he, he did indeed have it already. So there isn't anything that they had that he was really interested in. You know, he's he's starting to think about, you know, what's my legacy going to look like? Moderate um, Republican. Right. <laughs> um, and, and but, you know, he did he did vote the way we wanted him to. He was joined by two other uh, Republicans in the Senate. Women. Women. Yeah. Uh, Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, who uh, NARAL you know, put out a statement and said, listen, McCain's vote was great, but it was these two women mm-hmm. who were really holding the line the entire time in the Senate saying, no, we are absolutely not voting for this. Yeah, as we covered before, like, you can say what you want about, like, representation if it's not, like, actually progressive, but, like, women Republicans still do more for us than male Republicans. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In in the U.S. Senate. Yes. <laughs> Still waiting for that to happen in the state house. Yeah, I'm just gonna make unhappy sounds for the next half hour. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I uh, I thought it was was interesting, uh, and of of course it was good that the bill died. It would have been a terrible piece of legislation, um, but now that Congress is home for what's remaining of the summer. Um, it it is still important, just as always, to to continue those calls into um, into Congress. So, <laughs> <I'm> tired. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're almost there. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, other news out of Washington: um, Scaramucci, the Mooch, got fired. I really hate that people call him the Mooch. Like, I get it, but it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So he, like, had negative 10 days as, like, the new White House press guy. And then, like, I mean, how do you, like, terminate somebody in a system if you have, like, a negative input value? Like, that must be very frustrating paperwork-wise. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't quite understand how it works. And he, he announced, you know, that he wasn't taking a salary uh, beforehand. So. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Now, I, I think there's a Seinfeld episode where Kramer's working someplace, and at the end of the week, they had to let him go. And he's like, well, I don't even really work here. And they said, that's what makes this so hard. Yeah. But there's not much to say here. I mean, it's just par for the course <laughs> for this White House. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about this administration. Like, oh, we're not going to take a salary. Well, th- that's the salary is there to keep you accountable. Like, what are you right. doing? Oh, I get it. You have enough money, so it doesn't matter. Well, great. Just great. <laughs> right. Well, that w- that was always the big thing where people talked about Donald Trump before before he even really formally announced. Is hmm. they always said, "What if we just elected somebody rich who couldn't be bought?" Uh, as if they got rich by not caring about money, right? Um, and and that was like one of the uh, I don't want to call it a reasonable argument, but that was one of the reasons people were justifying by saying we just need a really really rich person in the White House. Um, you know, and, and I think back when Mitt Romney was running, they were saying, because Romney at that time would have our been money. the richest president. Hmm. Yeah. Our money. Our mo- <laughs> um, they were saying this guy won't be able to be bought. He'll be above, uh, influence, uh, which. Okay. But his politics still suck. Right. <laughs> um, and, and if he can't be, not that, not that any president has necessarily been bought, but if you're somebody who's just has zero accountability, that's that's where we're at right now. Uh, and so not only do we have a president who had zero accountability, who was bringing in a hedge fund manager who, you know, the entire phrase hedge fund manager kind of means someone with no accountability. Um, 
to to run the place, and he ended up being just a vulgar, vulgar nightmare uh, for uh, about a week. Uh, and then we shut the door. He missed the birth of his own child. He did. He lost his wife for this. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her. Like, I, absolutely. Like, she's just like, he's he sent her a text saying, "I will pray for our child." Right. Great. Yeah. That's that's very helpful. That's the text that he sent from the Boy Scout Jamboree. While he was watching Donald Trump give that awful speech to I mean, she's probably he, he's lucky that she just divorced him. Like I, I would have been way worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's probably pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we'll see how things go there. Uh, he got fired by General Kelly, who's the new White House Chief of Staff. Who I think we should all stop calling General Kelly because Kelly's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly is a good name. Uh, having a general in the White House is something that gives some people pause. Um, you know, it, it, and I don't mean that as a way of disrespecting his military service. Uh, that, you know, is, is something that we do respect. But, um, you know, when, uh, when they picked General Mattis to become Secretary of Defense, he had to get a special waiver from the U.S. Senate mm. because he was a general that had come straight from active duty service. And a long time ago they said, listen, you know, the... The military is supposed to report to the civilian leadership that's elected. And so to have a military leader overseeing the military puts too much power in the hands of generals. And so now to have, uh, you know, General uh, McMaster on the National Security Council and General Kelly in the White House, uh, it's, it's lining a lot of military brass up in positions of power that kind of makes me remember, oh, yeah, there was a reason why you got to get a waiver if you're going to be a general becoming the Secretary of Defense. Uh, and so the only two things that I've heard about this guy this week were he fired the mooch. <laughs> Sorry, I still use the name. Um, and that he really, really wants to build the wall between uh, which the United the States and Mexico. To, they did pass um, a down payment of, on the wall, $1.6 billion. Right. So that's fun. And there was an allegation that that money was uh, uh, freed up because Trump uh, announced that he was going to ban transgender members of service. Which I think this was announced during, like, from a tweet, right? Like, that's not how you make laws. Like, right. It's, tweets are not, I mean, as of yet, they are not <laughs> decrees <laughs> that can actually be enforced. Right. And and that's what the Pentagon said. I guess the they're uh, like, yeah they're just like eh, we're not going to do anything differently. Like there's not actually been any like legislature or like executive orders or anything that's been done to have this ban be enforced. And they're not going to leave their trans brothers and sisters behind, which like is really nice to hear. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean these the the generals and the Joint Chiefs of Staff understand that if you are a member of the military, regardless of whatever your gender is, you've gone through boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you've been recruited and you've, you know, you've volunteered, uh, and you've, you've been trained at a great deal of expense, uh, you know, and received that training in a field that might be, you know, flying a $30 million, uh, fighter jet. It might be. Point being, you can still do your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think there's been like accusations, like it's too expensive to do trans healthcare and it's like. Well, I mean, the number of trans individuals in the military is like just so low of a number that it would probably it, it it probably costs more to, like for the prescriptions of Viagra than it would to do like the gender confirmation surgeries. So, right. I guess it's your 
Yeah. Somebody showed a picture of the uh, new USS Gerald Ford, and, they, and, and there was a headline for the picture, and it said that this $13 billion ship fires million-dollar missiles. And the person who tweeted that says, yeah, we can afford single-payer health insurance. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. just the number of, like, planes that are hanging out, not doing anything that have cost billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They're just hanging out. Yep. Not doing nothing. Just um, doing planes. Yeah. So so the resistance against the, the trans ban, which is really just a couple angry trans anti-trans tweets, uh, continues. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, looking at what's happening still technically in the federal level, but here locally, uh, Planned Parenthood challenged the latest round of defunding in federal court uh, that was down in Cincinnati yesterday. Mm-hmm. Jamie and I went down. Um, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because we sat through all the rounds of testimony on defunding Planned Parenthood. Uh, and normally when you're listening to testimony, you get, you know, the, the heads of a couple local Right to Life chapters up there uh, and you know, we recruit some, you know, some patients to come and they talk about what this means to them and the people on the other side talk about how bad abortion is and then we counter with, but this isn't about abortion because you're defunding cancer screenings. <laughs> because we don't pay for abortions, guys. Right. <laughs> the The courthouse hearing that we sat through um, was a completely different animal. It was basically just two lawyers listing off different uh, court cases that had precedent. Hmm. But they don't discuss them at all. I feel like that would be really boring because you have no idea what's going on. It, uh, I, I wouldn't go so far as to call it boring, but it was very difficult to follow yeah. and, and at points impossible. Yeah, and lacked human interest, I mean. Right. You know, <laughs> We're not talking about people here. We're talking about just numbers. Mm-hmm. That, that's all it was. That, you know, there was one point where the attorney from the state stood up and he started talking about the decision out of Texas and... Then the justices were like, you mean the 10th decision? He said, no, the 7th decision. The justices said, oh. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? Context, please. Yeah. Yeah. My, dad, my dad has always wanted me to go to law school, and that's exactly why I never would. It's right. Like, no, that's not, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it, it was very difficult to follow. I do think that the, the judges, it's a three-judge panel, um, they they appeared to be more receptive to Planned Parenthood's argument, um, but it was just impossible to get a read on the situation. And and not knowing the the cases that they were citing, it's it's very difficult. So um, so now we're waiting for this three judge panel to release a, a decision either in favor of Planned Parenthood continuing to get this funding for preventive health care. Uh, or siding with the state and saying no, you know this this law blocking Planned Parenthood can move forward. Um, there's apparently no deadline, so it's just uh, whenever the judges get around to releasing their decision. Uh, so now we wait. Okay, and then what happens if they come down in favor of the state? Uh, I believe we appeal to the next level, Which but don't is? quote me on that. It's it's. <laughs> I think this was the federal circuit court, so then there's a court of appeals above them. Okay. So, yeah, they they continue to fight. Um, but the the previous decision, the lower court down, sided with Planned Parenthood. Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, and and Planned Parenthood was was suing not on the idea of, you know, hey, we offer good care to women. It was a First Amendment, a Fourteenth Amendment, and an undue burden. Uh, reasoning here. So hmm. this isn't, 
it's not really a decision to be weighed on the merits of is this a good idea or a bad idea. It's, you know, where does this fit in line with constitutional guidelines, uh, which does make it that much harder to follow sitting there as a layperson. Um, you know, it's like First Amendment. I know that one. Fourteenth Amendment. What the hell are they talking about? <laughs> um, I don't remember the Fourteenth Amendment. Uh, apparently, it's due process. Oh. So. Doesn't Thirteenth have to do something with slavery? It could. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know all these. I never knew him by heart. So uh, we'll keep up with that. Um, getting more locally, last night, uh, last night, two nights ago, was the Stand Up for Choice two Benefiting ago, Women Tuesday. Have Options. Yeah. Uh, you went to that. How'd it go? I did. It went really well. Um, there was a lineup of primarily women. There was, I think, one male comic. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was all about two of them were local. Um, I'm not sure where one, like, one was from Cleveland, I don't remember where the other one was from, from, but he was originally from Columbus, and there was a really good crowd, and I think they raised about $1,300. Great. Um, and I think this money also partially at least goes to Founders Women's Health Center. So okay. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Is this an annual event? It's a quarterly event, so the next one will either be November 7th or 14th. I mean, I will, I will, I will update as we get closer. Nice. Okay. And then we will be the beneficiary in February. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So, so they they do this quarterly, and then they rotate whoever the uh, beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, uh, this this here is the poster from when we were the beneficiary in February. Yep. Uh, in between February and now, they had one that was a Planned Parenthood. No? Uh, that was May. Founders. I think. I don't remember. I think that also might have been Women Have Options because <laughs> okay. it was right after the Bolathon. Oh, that makes sense. But I don't. I don't remember. Right. So. So yeah. They. they I think I've been to every one though. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good job. I've been on two of them. Wow. <laughs> How did that go? Um, well, the inaug- sort of inaugural one was actually just like a fundraiser for the Bolathon. Um, okay. And Alex and Amber and I were all like bowling, so it was a it was a fun fundraiser and it was a good crowd. And then I think uh, Amber Falter and Pat Daring decided to make it. More official, more quarterly, like more adult, so to speak. And uh, since then, it's been really successful and had like some of the largest crowds for com- like comedy here in Columbus, which has been really awesome. And like, I get to see comedians who I don't hate, <laughs> which is really nice. <laughs> um, and then the other one I was on, I got engaged, so I think that went pretty well. What? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Wow, magical things happen at these shows. Yeah, that was right after the election, so ah, there was a huge crowd, that. and mm-hmm. uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, if you can't laugh, then cry. <laughs> I mean, those, are, those were your options at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Um, good. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find out the next date for that, uh, and make sure that people know about it, uh, in advance to go to that. It'll probably be, be benefiting Planned Parenthood. That'll be like right after their centennial anniversary. Okay. Um, uh, so that's a good event. Um, uh, uh, let's see. So the next thing, uh, on our agenda here is something in the dispatch, but I was just scrolling through and I realized that Elena, you wrote a letter to the, uh, editor in the dispatch. Should we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. It was like last week. This Sorry. Like I'm ages switching up the ago. agenda on you. No, it's all good. I mean, I'm glad we were able to um, speak out against Ohio Right to Life, who, you know, came out with a stricter stance 
on abortion saying that they would not endorse any political candidates who aren't so-called 100% pro-life. Right. And um, Meaning you know, that they, like no bills with rape or incest exceptions. Exactly. Yeah, so I was pretty livid and wrote a uh, letter to the editor because, um, you know, as a rape survivor, I just find that very disturbing and unconscionable of that. You know, we want to continue to punish, you know, women for their choices and, you know, I those mean, who've experienced, you know, sexual assault or incest to then, you know, traumatize them further. <laughs> Color me shocked that Ohio right to life would be cruel. Yes, exactly. But, um, I mean, this is... Again, this is their M.O., but, you know, like, taking a page from Congresswoman Maxine Waters, like, we've got to reclaim our ground, you know, reclaim our time. And uh, writing that was just, you know, me reclaiming our moral authority and women's agency and being able to say, you know, like, Mike Gonadakis of Ohio Right to Life will not speak for me or other women. And certainly these chapters of Ohio Right to Life, um, you know, many of which use, you know, Christian religious teachings to support their anti-choice stance, um, that that does not represent my faith, you know, as a representative of the Higher Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, um, and that, you know, we we have to do better by the women in Ohio. Right, right. And then didn't they, like, we released a statement mm-hmm. about, like, like, why would you want this endorsement anyway? Like, it's it's it's... It's very frustrating because, like, it is supposed to be a threat to the legislators who, like, want their endorsement for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, if you don't fall in line with our exceptionally cruel agenda, then we're not going to give you our time or our money. And it's just like, well, I mean, I'd be like, eh, that's fine. But I I am not the legislators who seek this this endorsement. Right. Yeah, the the statement came out from Kelly Copeland, our executive director. Uh, She said, this new low standard in the Ohio Right to Life endorsement criteria further solidifies their alignment with extremists like President Donald Trump who believe that women who who have abortions should be punished. These values are not Ohio values. Uh, She went on to say, women deserve access to safe legal abortion care in their community without judgment or political interference, regardless of the reason she is unable to continue a pregnancy. Here at Narrow Pro-Choice Ohio, we trust women to make their own reproductive health decisions, and we will continue to back candidates that do as well. Pretty good. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, we'll, uh, we'll put a link to, uh, Elena's letter, uh, and to our press release, uh, in the show notes. So if you want to check those out, um, check out our blog, it's naralprochoiceohio.com. Um, so that was one thing. Your letter was in the dispatch. The other thing that ran in the dispatch was, uh, an editorial. It's the third actually, uh, discussing the Ohio Supreme Court case, Justice Sharon Kennedy, um, We've been calling on her to recuse herself uh, from this case as uh, the clinic in Toledo, capital care, uh, challenges the state's transfer agreement law. Um, Immediately after the state announced that that case was going to the state Supreme Court, uh, Justice Kennedy went up to Toledo and participated in a greater uh, Toledo right to life fundraiser. She spoke at their event, um, and so we were saying, hey, you know, you can't be speaking at an event for one group if they're uh, a major organization that's been pushing for this clinic to close. 
and then sit on this case where you're going to decide whether or not you want the clinic to close. Hmm. Uh, so this was an effort really um, spearheaded by Progress Ohio, uh, a great partner organization of ours, uh, put together a complaint with uh, 51 groups and individuals, uh, Ohio Now, uh, Narrow Pro-Choice Ohio, several um, uh, other you know members of the legal community, the medical community, and Everybody got together and said, listen, this justice must recuse herself. Uh, so last week we found out that our formal complaint uh, was dismissed um, by basically a secret panel. Uh, <laughs> we don't get to know who made the decision or what their reasoning was, but they've just decided, no, no, this complaint should go away. Uh, and so the dispatch uh, twice issued editorials saying, hey, we think that she should recuse herself. Hmm. Uh, and now that the complaint has just been dropped, uh, their headline is secretly clearing justice, not reassuring. So they think that there needs to be um, more transparency in how the state Supreme Court operates. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is not normal. <laughs> right. and, I would, and I think I, I come in the dispatch for this because I don't really think of them as like the most liberal newspaper in the world. So it's... Good that they are at least like straightforward enough to be on our side for this, right? Yeah. So um, we're we're going to look and uh, see when that case uh, comes to uh, the Supreme Court. I believe the first hearing. I'm not quite sure how many rounds of it. Uh, I think it's scheduled for September. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll let people know in advance of that. Uh, it's going to be here in Columbus. I'm not going to have to drive to Cincinnati for the next okay. court hearing. Um, are we going to know what's going on in the court case? Like we, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I I've uh, I've never been I've never been to the state supreme court, and I've never sat through oral arguments. Uh, I have no idea what this first hearing is going to look like, um, or or you know. Will it be more or less like? able to follow than the Cincinnati one? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. You need I, to I just really learn know. legalese, you know? <laughs> Gosh, Gabe, why aren't you a legal <laughs> fellow and a comms person? State Statehouse uh, committee hearings are so much easier hmm. to follow because you're like, oh, this person's an idiot and they're going to talk for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know. And their argument's never really well thought out, but at least it's not. It makes me feel like I could be a legislator. Yes, you could. <laughs> you should run for office. Good. <clears throat> Uh, okay, so the last thing we've got uh, before we go through our upcoming events, uh, Annie Kroll yes. up in Cleveland got 83 pounds of sex toys. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Um, what a great headline. Yeah. Can we do a uh, press release on that? Yeah, come it's, on. We, we might. <laughs> yeah, uh, so what happened was um, a, I think it was a food bank had been donated all about 83 pounds of uh, sex toys, and they can't really give those out. Um, but throwing them away would also be kind of a waste. So here's like, your peas, here's your corn, here's your vibrator. I mean, <laughs> come back next week. <laughs> I, I mean, you could look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm sure it's on there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they didn't want to like just throw away like this like clearly valuable like mess of sex toys. Like that's a lot of money. Right. Um, to be clear, they were all like properly packaged, yes. sealed, they're not brand like a, new. They're not actually a mess of sex this toys. This wasn't <laughs> just like, you know, a dumpster of dildos. This this was actually That's like a nightmare. <laughs> just a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> um but so it, I think it had been like several weeks or maybe even months of work to like 
try and transfer like this donation um, from this food bank to Nayral Pro Choice Ohio. They had to get a release for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and like special permission. Because it's like, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, now Annie has 83 pounds of vibrators and sex toys and all kinds of good things. Now, whether or not they are body safe or like super fancy, that I don't know, but it is right. still. I'll test them out. <laughs> just saying. I didn't realize it was 83 pounds. I thought it was just 83. No, but 83 hey. pounds. Okay. Yeah, it's a pallet. It's many boxes. Oh. Yep. Also, we need to have a conversation about body safe sex toys. <laughs> that could be I'm next saying I could take podcast. one for the team. <laughs> I don't know if you want to. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think uh, Annie's going to be in, in, you know inspecting the shipment and... Mm organizing them, uh, and then figuring out some sort of volunteer-based distribution system. Nice. So. Come volunteer for NARAL and get a dildo. I, you know, it's, it's, it's appropriate. So I, Open it, carry. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not Texas. Right. They did that, didn't they? Yeah. Somebody shipped in yes. dildos to the state house in Texas. Well, I think like I, I think sex toys or dildos might be illegal technically in Texas. Oh right. Mm-hmm. So there was this, this college student yes. who uh, open carried dildos on her college campus, um, and got a bunch of crap for it, and was like, I right. think, like she was calling out like the gun nuts in Texas, and they're mm-hmm. like, that's inappropriate, and it's just not feeling any sort of irony. <laughs> You know, and, and that's the, the Texas State House, just to go off on a gun tangent here. At, at the Ohio State House, um, we always make, you know, just meticulous care whenever we have an advocacy day um, because people always want to bring signs, and that's terrific. We encourage everyone to bring a sign for the outdoor rally. Uh, signs are not permitted in the building. Uh, signs may not be placed on sticks. Hmm. Uh, if you walked up, I'm sure, on the state house lawn with a, you know, pitchfork or a baseball bat uh, or just, you know, a, a plain wooden stake to, to mount a sign on, uh, the highway patrol will stop you at the sidewalk and force you to, you know, remove that thing from the property. But you can just walk all around the grounds with an AK-47 strapped to your shoulder. As they do pretty often, actually. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, the simple, you know, wooden stake that the sign is mounted to. So, so you could mount your sign to a rifle, and that's within. <laughs> ah, there you go. That's within the Ohio State House laws because you're allowed to bring the rifle on the grounds. I don't have a rifle, but I like that idea. Yes. <laughs> I, I I wonder if it comes down to like, well, we're just too accommodating sometimes, guys. <sighs> It's yeah, it's it's totally weird. So I I don't know what happens if you mount your sign to an extra large dildo. Um, but let's find out. That's what we can do with that eighty three pounds. <laughs> but yeah, you know the, the the double standards that they do apply. Uh, and and in Texas, it sounded like somebody found a brilliant uh, way of of opening people's eyes to that. So. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess the point is volunteer at NARALProChoiceOhio.org. <laughs> uh, there might be some great incentive programs uh, if, uh, if people come out to, to phone bank and canvas and, and do data entry and all the fun things. I mean, even if they're not like vibrators, we still have fun things. So. Yes, that is true. Uh, 
Uh, okay, let's get uh, let's get it on. Uh, so we'll move into uh, our upcoming events. Um, preterm on August fourteenth has uh, an event called Religion Plus Abortion? Question uh, mark. It's next Saturday. Yeah, the unexpected history of I can't tell because the name of this event uh, runs off the edge of their Facebook. Uh, event. <laughs> uh, but it's called Religion Plus Abortion at Preterm in Cleveland. Um, religion's your bag. Do you know anything about this event, or are they doing this on their own? I have no idea. Okay. Hmm. As, as we continue the fight for reproductive freedom, it's essential to look back at the history of our movement and acknowledge those who paved the way. Oh, it's probably about the clergy consultation service on abortion. And so there are some, there. there's a great book out about this history and this legacy and some of the actual authors live in Cleveland, so cool. probably what yeah, they're talking about. Okay, cool. Um, where did my events go? Uh, so on August 19th, uh, there's uh, an event here in Columbus called Run to Win. Uh, I believe this is going to be maybe at ODP. Um, it's more of an Emily List sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, the idea is that if you uh, are a woman who wants to run for office, um, or if you're my just, date, I can't go. <laughs> uh, if you're just any person who knows of someone who, uh, you know, is female and wants to run mm-hmm. for office, you want to support them as maybe a, you know, a lead volunteer campaign manager. Um, uh, it's, it's a terrific training. August 19th. I think Sherrod Brown is affiliated with that one as well. I mean, there's like three different trainings going on in August mm-hmm. for women who are interested in like politics and he's involved with one of them but i don't know which one i'm sorry yeah uh well i mean that would that would make sense because you know his his daughter ran for ran for and was elected to city council here in columbus she's Mm -hmm. a terrific champion of ours um so sherrod is someone who has supported women running for office uh not to mention countless people you know in the the cleveland area i'm sure and his wife too yes um connie schultz uh she's really terrific uh, the event after that, August 22nd, uh, here in Columbus is the August Repro Health Happy Hour. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. at Growl this month. Right. Which is in Clintonville. I think it's next to the Bonchon Chicken Place. Okay. Oh. You want to tell people a little bit about what the Repro Health Happy Hour is? I always miss them, like, every damn time. I don't know how, but that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are monthly happy hours for people who are interested in reproductive justice. Um, this includes, like staff of organizations, uh, activists, lay people who just want to hang out with other pro-choice people. Um, it's usually at St. James, but it's also been like migrating around recently. I planned the one for June and that was at Ramblin' House because I wanted a novelty beverage that did not have alcohol in it. Um, and like the proceeds from the health, the happy hour go to a pro-choice cause. So it's been for like Planned Parenthood. Um, this one's for founders cause the person who's organizing it works at founders as a nurse. Um, and they're, they're a lot of fun. That's, I, that's actually like one of the first things that I started going to when I moved to Columbus and that's how I've made a lot of friends. So if you like drinking and pro-choice people or even not drinking and pro-choice people, it's a good place to be. Right. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not an anti, you probably should come to the Reaper Health Happy Hour. If you're an anti, don't come. No one likes you. Uh, that's August 22nd at Growl. Uh, August 23rd, uh, at the Church of the Covenant in Cleveland is an evening with Dr. Willie Parker. This is another preterm event. Uh, Willie Parker is just like the most awesome person ever. Yes. Apparently. I never met him. I should go to this. 
I mean, he's, 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 I don't know if he's an awesome person in, per, in person, but he seems to be a very like upstanding and has a lot of integrity and integrity as a man. Uh, yeah, he's, he's an abortion provider in Jackson, Mississippi and Alabama and like, mm-hmm. you know, other States that n- nobody wants him at. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so he writes about the moral argument for choice Does as he, a doctor yeah. and as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and you can meet him August 23rd in Cleveland. Uh, and then the last event we've got here is uh, September 21st. It's NARAL Pro Choice Ohio's Mini Golf Classic. Um, we uh, held this event in Cleveland last month. Huge success. People had a lot of fun. Um, it was held like at a big adventure putt-putt place. Uh, this time it's going to be in Westerville. Um, the idea is very similar to the Bolathon. Uh, it's not just a pay at the door and then you get to putt-putt, um, although you can certainly do that but the idea is that you register in advance join a team or form your own team you and your friends uh and then you ask ask uh your friends for money uh mm-hmm. your fundraising um the idea is that you raise uh not pay but raise uh 50 bucks or more um mm-hmm. which isn't too bad i mean it's a pretty low minimum uh if you ask 10 friends and they each give you five bucks there you go um, so we're trying to get people to work on raising money. Uh, our, our intern, um, I was uh, talking about planning this with her and she says, well, everybody's got causes that they're working on. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> we're the cause for this. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, just like the Bolathon, if you, if you've been raising money for abortion rights, um, then, uh, add this one to your calendar, uh, form a team, uh, and come putt putt with us September 21st. Uh, info for all of these is on our Facebook page, uh, and we'll put information uh, in the show notes for this episode. It's my birthday week, too. Oh. Come hang out with me, play pop pod. Okay. Happy future birthday. <laughs> yeah, I made okay. it probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.